Welcome to A Writer in Italy, the podcast. I am your host, Michelle Johnston, and this is a little share in the world of travel, books, art, and lifestyle. I live in Australia, yet have long had an attraction to the Mediterranean countries for as long as I can remember. This inspiration has fueled my creative life and given me incredible joy over the years as an artist and a writer. And that is why I have created these shares on journeys that have been made, books that I have loved, and cooking adventures inspired by wonderful food writers. You can find all show notes at michellejohnston.life and follow me on Instagram at a writer in Italy where you can find all of the meanderings and indeed the lure of Italy as the ultimate muse. Thank you for joining me. I love having you here for the journey of Muse Italia. I've been thinking about doing some solo shares on some small travel adventures and books that have inspired me. And the reason I I don't know. I've been contemplating a lot of things lately and I know there's a lot changing in my life. I've been going through lots of different internal juggling just in an exciting adventurous way actually and trying to work through some things that I guess I want to get to the other side of and in the meantime I've been reading lots of books and I was thinking I would share something about the book Eat, Pray, Love and the effect it had on me at the time of release. Now, this obviously does seem a little stereotypical, but I don't think that matters. I think stories and the value of books goes beyond that. And I thought, well, why don't I just see, see what comes up if I just go on a rant or a riff and and share about this book because it occurred to me recently that this book was pretty much written 20 years ago. And I'm not saying published. It didn't come out, I don't think, until about 2006. I was 29 years old. I was pregnant with my second daughter, Grace, and living in Canberra. And I was a stay-home mum, always with the kids, I was at the beginning of the pregnancy and I must have switched on some daytime television. Perhaps Oprah was on the radar back then and I saw an interview with her and Elizabeth Gilbert and my radar switched on. It was the most exciting conversation I had heard in a while. I was always interested in spiritual matters and the esoteric, but I always just kept that to myself. Like I always was taking deep dives into books and thinking about personal journeys and and women's lives and loving reading anything about women taking the road less traveled. And so when I saw her being interviewed about leaving this particular life behind and starting a new and then traveling for a year, well, I certainly found that fascinating. And And look, I probably was slightly jealous. I wouldn't hesitate to say that I might have felt some feelings of I wish that was me because at the time 
I was kind of feeling very stuck in my marriage and I've had to transcend that need to do things differently and go beyond that. But that's been something I've had to work through in my own marriage because I actually really love having a family life and I've treasured the times that I've had with my kids and my husband. So that stuckness was certainly there when I was pregnant with Grace. In fact, it was at its worst. I felt very much in a cage. I, At the same time, I really didn't mind domestic life. Like in that respect, I enjoyed it. And my my other daughter, Madeline, would have been about four. And it was such a beautiful time. So there wasn't like any sense of depression or anything like that. But there was a part of me that yearned for a bit of activity and a bit of spontaneity. And I found that through writing a book about art journaling. And I channeled all of that energy. So basically what I'm saying is I had all of this kind of creative energy and know where to channel it. And so I made the decision to write a book. And I'd always had this idea that I was going to write a book. And so I did that and I have published it. But in the meantime, this book comes along at a time when I'm feeling, well, actually really excited because I just always knew I wanted to be a mum. And I've always had that strong feeling. I haven't been sure about anything else, but being a parent was always there. And so I was happy in that respect. And anyway, but I wasn't feeling all that crush hot because it was early in the pregnancy. And then along comes Oprah Winfrey and a beautiful conversation with Elizabeth Gilbert. And, you know, the charm of Elizabeth Gilbert is the fact that she is such a wonderful speaker and she speaks her truth and her mind and she doesn't shy away from, you know, telling the truth, which, you know, a lot of people don't do. They hide behind the facade of everything's all right and, you know, this is great and all that. I always see beyond that, like I I find that quite a frustrating part of relationships when people just have their masks on and, you know, it's all about money and career and all that. And if that's all you've got to offer, then I'm not kind of too worried Like I just go off and do my own thing. I have a really rich internal life. So this kind of book definitely spoke to me and gave me pause for thought. Anyway, so the next thing I'm like, I have to get my hands on this book. And I think it was school holidays and we had some visitors turn up and I was just feeling pretty rotten and the weather was getting really cold. And we lived in Canberra then, so it was very cool days. And this was the first couple of years that we'd lived there too. So growing and learning about the seasons, I was still getting my head around being in a place that had four distinct seasons, yet winter seemed to last the longest of them all. I remember it just being really cold and my stomach feeling quite yuck because I must have had a fair bit of morning sickness for that, at least for about six weeks. And... I was just like, I need to get to a bookstore. But since this airing on Oprah, there were no books in bookstores. No Eat, Pray, Love was on the shelf. They'd all been bought. 
because every other woman out there was like, I want to read this book about a woman who just goes on this journey for a year to Indonesia, Italy, and where's the other place? India. And looks and searches for pleasure and finding herself and asking questions and going beyond the norm and really excavating her life to make better decisions and follow her truth. And so this book was not around. This book was nowhere. And I guess there were, I guess I could have ordered it off Amazon or whatever we had around at the time, because this was nearly 20 years ago. So uh, speaking to the time frame, Grace, this daughter of mine is now 18 and over 18, in fact. So that's how long ago we're talking in terms of this moment. I went to the city and I would have taken Maddie and I went peering in all of the places that might have a book. And I ended up turning it up at a place called Kmart, which was like the Walmart or like the cheaper shop that has a bit of everything. And there was one copy and it was wedged in the bookshelf. And it was probably about $14 because they were the type of shop that would sell it the cheapest. So to find a book there was pretty extraordinary. And I pulled that book out of that shelf and I remember thinking, great, I've got the book. I was so excited to read it. And I took it home and because I wasn't feeling that great and we had these visitors that were pretty relaxed at our house, in fact, Rich, my husband, got a little shirty over the time they were there because they weren't the kind of they weren't the kind of visitors that cleaned up after themselves. Like plates are left on the floor, they don't offer to do the dishes, everything's just pretty chilled. He was getting a bit tired of it. But the good thing was, he said, Shell, just go and lay in bed. That's all right. You go and just relax. And so I did. And I was just sitting in bed, which I never really sat in bed in the day reading a book. Like I'm not the kind of person that really gets sick either. So if I am kind of unwell, I'd probably sit in front of the telly and watch something. Anyway, I just sat there and had numerous cups of herbal tea and just marinated in this book. And obviously it went on for years that Elizabeth Gilbert's life would in its own way play a role in my life because I kept rereading that book. And then when it came out on audio, I would listen to it. I wasn't like, oh yeah, I'm inspired. I'm going to throw everything in and do that. I didn't have that sense. I just loved that she shared so much about her own truth and also went on a spiritual journey. I had never thought that, oh yeah, I could do that. I'd never really considered that that was an option And it was kind of the first person who was, you know, straddling both worlds of being kind of like an academic and a writer and a journalist and then taking herself on a bold adventure. And so I found that really fascinating. Like she wasn't just going, oh, I'm going to go and stay in India for two years and live in this very kind of third world country or, you know, like reclusive or, you know, throwing, you know, not living with much money or whatever. It wasn't like that at all. Anyway, 
it was a young woman of a certain place and time and a certain education out of a typical Western culture living her life the way she wanted. And that's what intrigued me. And that's what I found really kind of cool. Anyway, I just wanted to share that they're the moments you have with a book sometimes that it becomes deeply personal. And that book I still have. And I've probably listened to it more on audio over the last five years than I have reading it. But recently I've been picking it up and reading little snippets and I've just thoroughly enjoyed her writing, like the way she shares and she's quite comical. And I I really value this book. Anyway, I still find any time that Elizabeth Gilbert is being interviewed, I gravitate toward listening to her stories and her wisdom. She's still, even now, the way her life has changed and transformed again and again, I still find absolutely fascinating and obviously a little inspiring too that you can rewrite and change and, you know, if something's not working, then you change it. And I really respect that because all of that is really hard to do in truth when you feel it inside, but the outside world isn't reflecting that. And when I was in Italy last time, I was having this grapple with, I think I was feeling a bit guilty about leaving the kids behind again and taking myself on this journey. And I just had to like own those feelings when they were there. Like it's okay to to feel that. And it's okay to also have that moment for myself as well. Anyway, I was in Liguria. I was in Camoli and I'm like, I know what I need. And it wasn't music or anything. I listened to one of her uh, podcasts from the magic lessons with Martha Beck. And that was one of the first times Elizabeth Gilbert and Martha Beck had spoken. And it's called something like into the fire. And it's such a great, great podcast to listen to. And it just made me feel alive again. Like it just gave me permission just to enjoy it. I mean, I wasn't looking for permission, but I just had to work through those feelings because they were taking me away from the reason I was there. And just listening to these two women tell these stories, it was a real gem of a podcast episode and early in their friendship. And obviously they've since gone on to talk and become friends and spend time in each other's lives. And I thought that's the beneficiary of a of a person who goes after the things that they want because when they share those truths like there's a ripple effect and we all get to participate and that's why I think it's important to tell those stories anyway it's been interesting going back and reflecting on her words and the book eat pray love because there's a lot of nuggets of wisdom in there and I'm reading it for a number of reasons at the moment but I have to be a little careful because the second I read her book, I can barely turn up and write my own or finish editing it. I just want to change it all and perhaps write very similar to her, but I'm trying to keep it to the way it was 10 years ago and where I was at at the time. Well, it's not 10 years ago, but it's close. Anyway, destiny, I feel, is also a relationship, a play between divine grace and willful self-effort. Half of it you have no control over. 
half of it is absolutely in your hands and your actions will show measurable consequence. Man is neither entirely a puppet of the gods, nor is he entirely the captain of his own destiny. He is a little of both. We gallop through our lives like circus performers, balancing on two speeding side-by-side horses. One foot is on the horse called fate, and the other on the horse called free will. And the question you have to ask every day is, which horse is which? Which horse do I need to stop worrying about because it's not under my control? And which do I need to steer with concentrated effort? End of quote. Page 186. And that was, I believe, when she was in India doing the yoga retreat. Anyway, I just love that because I'm always thinking about that myself. Is it up to motivation and perseverance or is it just letting the reins go and seeing what happens? It's a good question. I'll leave you with that.